Good evening, everybody. It's uh, good to be back with you tonight. I apologize that we're getting on late. Um, had a long, busy day today. Uh, everybody's home, and we're just trying to plow through. But uh, it's been a good day, and uh, had this song on our heart while we were studying this afternoon. And uh, so we're going to let this roll for just a second. And... Um, then we'll get into Romans chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, want to read along with us. That's where we'll be tonight. To the old familiar markers Of the mercies I have known Now, I know it may sound simple But it's more than I you see, there's no other words to tell you than to say.
I know we normally don't do that, but <clears throat> since we're not able to be together, um, I figured that might be something a little bit different that we could try. But anyway, we're going to start back with our Roman series tonight. Uh, so if you get over to uh, the sixth chapter of the book of Romans, we're going to uh, start plowing our way through that tonight. And... Um, So, <clears throat> Romans chapter number 6, it says, the scripture reads, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so... We also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in, in the likeness of his death, we shall also uh, be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, that ye, may, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye yourself members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but Yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are under the law, uh, not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin because we are no, long, uh, no longer under the law, but under grace, God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants ye are to whom ye obey. Wherefore, of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that, you were the, uh, that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Being made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded yourselves, uh, ye, ye has yielded your members servants to uncleanliness and to uh, and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield uh, your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants of God, uh, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And <clears throat> they'll be uh, reading the sixth chapter of the book of Romans. And I do apologize. Last Wednesday night I went uh, way over time. And uh, <clears throat> we'll, uh, uh, we'll try and do better with that tonight. Uh, even if we have to split it into two parts, that's what we'll do. So I know it'll be easier to listen to and apologize for not uh, doing a video tonight. Uh, we'll probably wait and do that <clears throat> um, Sunday. Um, and we'll probably just keep doing audio on Wednesday nights as we 
work through our Roman study. <clears throat> but uh, as we begin to recap again, we, we, we do the same thing that we do every week. Uh, this is a continuation, as we say, from the formal thought uh, that comes from Romans chapter number 5. And, and we had uh, a great study as we went through that last week. But uh, the conclusion that we came to in the end of, of the book of, or the fifth chapter of the book of Romans was that, um, so sin has abounded, but grace has much more abounded. And because grace has abounded and because we have victory uh, through the grace that Christ has given to us, verse 21, the Bible says that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Then Paul asked the questions when we enter into the of, uh, beginnings of chapter number 6. He said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? So he's asking the question, and a lot of people were posing the question, uh, so if, if grace has conquered sin, so then are you saying that we should just continue to live in sin? And he asked the same question again in verse number 15. Uh, and then Paul follows in verse number 2, and he says, God forbid, how shall we live? Uh, how shall we, that uh, they that are dead to sin, live any longer therein? And he, asks, uh, he answers a question with a question. And I'll say this, and uh, we have been adamant about preaching this and, and teaching our way through this that uh, and, and we we preached several Sunday nights ago on the change and, and the change is integral uh, to beginning to understand uh, the things that are addressed in the sixth chapter of the book of Romans. So when we talk about being changed, when we talk about really being saved, and we address this, and uh, it's becoming more and more as we work our way through this, and as we begin to study more and more of the Scripture uh, in detail and uh, uh, begin to work out studies on things, uh, the third chapter of, Revel uh, of the book of Romans just becomes more and more powerful about the, the, the freeness that was, uh, that was given to us and the judicial act uh, whereby we were declared righteous and we were declared justified. And, and, to, and to that point, uh, we want to uh, talk tonight uh, a little bit more uh, about the change uh, that we have uh, 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 discussed several different times. But so we get to this point right here in verse number two. The Bible says, God forbid, how shall we, they that are dead to sin, live any longer uh, therein? So uh, Paul is bringing uh, to the top uh, the question that he's posing is, uh, if we are dead to sin, shouldn't we want to strive uh, to not live in sin anymore? And, and, and Paul addresses this. Uh, in explicit manner as we work our way through this. But there, there's a portion, there's a part of this that we understand that we are, uh, we are therefore in our mortal bodies, uh, our carnal bodies uh, captivate, uh, they house, we are, they are the temple which houses the soul and the spirit. And we understand that this flesh uh, will do fleshly things, that it will sin. Uh, but the Bible teaches us that we can uh, ha have power and we can overcome uh, our sin uh, to a degree. We understand that we are in this flesh. We understand that this flesh will never be able to serve uh, to the righteousness of God. We are full well uh, aware and understanding of those things. But th the scripture is teaching us that, that this is the process that happens when we are therefore declared justified and righteousness is therefore imputed into us as we discussed in the, uh, discussed in the fourth chapter of the book of Romans. 
So when we have that imputation of righteousness, uh, then we we go and we start walking through the passages like 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, old things are about, uh, passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Uh, so we understand that there are, are things that change. In the 12th chapter of the book of Romans, in, in the first and second verse, he said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. Be ye not conformed to this world, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, Paul writes to us in another place, and he said, uh, to stir up your pure minds which are in you uh, by way of remembrance. And, and friends, listen today. There is something through the process of sanctification after we are declared justified. There's something that should press uh, uh, on us and it should uh, be an, an enduring factor in our lives and it should be a striving in our lives to press on to holiness. So we get into the third verse. The Bible says, Know ye not that so many of us uh, as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Another question. It says, Therefore we were buried, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead uh, by the glory of the Father, even so also should we walk in newness of life. So here Paul uh, is beginning to reiterate. We're going to read some more scripture as we get on into uh, verse number six here in just a few seconds. But we want to address this specifically because I believe that a lot of people get tripped up and they think that uh, that baptism, water baptism, is essential to salvation. They uh, derive these thoughts from uh, this chapter right here in the sixth chapter of the book of Romans. We can go over, uh, listen, we see it mentioned in uh, the second chapter of the book of Acts. We understand that baptism is something that Christ himself took part in. The scripture says that John the Baptist was in uh, the, uh, the River Jordan and he was baptizing. Uh, and the Bible says that Jesus came walking on the banks of the Jordan and John said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus went down into the water. Uh, listen, uh, and John the Baptist was apprehensive. He didn't want to baptize Christ. He said, I must need to be baptized of thee. Uh, listen, but Jesus declared it to uh, suffer it to be so. So I believe this. I believe if we're truly been saved by the grace of God, I believe, uh, listen, that we should follow in the ordinance of the New Testament. I believe we should follow Christ in obedience to what he has done. I believe that we should go into the water baptismal pool. I, I believe that we should follow those things as a, uh, as a carnal and physical sign to the world around us as a declaration of our liberty and a declaration. So often we do this when we pledge allegiance to the American flag. We're pledging allegiance for what this country stands for. We're pledging allegiance for the freedom and the things that we so so much enjoy. And in these times when we're living in, we're living through this sickness and we're living through this disease. It's quarantined us. It's isolated us. And it's taken in a way of a lot of our freedoms, or so we might think. Uh, and because we see those things, it, it, it gives us cabin fever. It makes us want to feel like that uh, it's one thing when we want to stay home, but it's another thing entirely when somebody tells us that we have to stay home. Uh, and so uh, we, we begin to feel these things and understand these things, but the Bible tells us that, uh, uh, I quit chasing rabbits, that we should get back and we should follow Christ in obedience uh, 
uh, to what he has done. Now, I'll say this. Uh, water baptism is not salvific. There is nothing about water baptism that adds to our faith, that does anything to regeneration, that does anything to justification, that has anything to do with righteousness. It is merely uh, an outward sign and an outward profession, as we were stating earlier. It's an allegiance to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Just as we pledge allegiance to the flag, we pledge allegiance to our Savior. Uh, and we do that as an outward sign uh, to the world that is around us that we are uh, that we are selling uh, that we are selling out to the Lord Jesus Christ that we are no longer going to serve sin, but we are going to follow Christ in righteousness and pursue holiness through the process of sanctification. We're going to press on, as Paul said in the book of Philippians, he said, I press on toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the Bible tells us right here, we get to this place where we say, well, preacher, if it's not water baptism, what exactly is this? It means that we are dead. Uh, listen, we are dead to what sin would bring because we have been baptized in his death. So so as Christ, when he was on the cross of Calvary, he surrendered himself uh, through the process of atonement. And the Bible tells us in the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah that it pleased God to bruise him. So when Christ, hey, hey we want to reiterate this here tonight. Uh, Christ, uh, nobody killed Christ. Christ willingly subjected and submitted his life on the cross of Calvary so that uh, lost men, women, boys, and girls might have a plan and a process that they might have a Savior and they might have atonement. They might have justification. They might have a process whereby they can be wholly sealed and saved until the day of redemption. That is what Christ was doing for us. And so the Bible tells us, uh, know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. So friends, listen, we, uh, we have come uh, under the imposition of hands. We have passed through the bloodstained banner of Calvary because as Christ died, so also we died in him. But it does not stop there. And we'll get to it in just a second. Verse four, the Bible says, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by, all, uh, by uh, the glory of the Father even so also we, uh, should, we also should walk in newness of life. So the scripture reiterates, he says, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. There's that word into again. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also. So friends, listen, uh, we were baptized into his death, but just as Christ was resurrected, uh, the Bible tells us in the first chapter of the book of Revelation, uh, listen, that he has the keys of hell and death. Uh, friends, listen, he has overcome the grave. He's overcome death. He's overcome all these things. And the Bible tells us in the eighth chapter, and we'll get to this in a few weeks, but the Bible says, for we are more than overcomers through him that loved us. And the reason that Paul wrote that in the eighth chapter is because he defines it here in the sixth chapter. 
So, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also should we walk in the newness of life. So, friends, listen, we have discussed, we've discussed this uh, on many different occasions, but we just want to go through this just briefly. And I'm going to give you some scripture references uh, since you're listening to this and you can, uh, you can study these. So, uh, when, the, when the Bible walks through and it talks about all things that are new that are associated with salvation... We have a New Testament in Matthew 26, 28, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty five, 25, and Hebrews 9, 15. We have a new covenant in Hebrews 8, 8. We have a new commandment in John 13, 34. Uh, listen, we have uh, uh, new wineskins, and we have a new bottle in Matthew nine seventeen. We have a new tongue in Mark sixteen seventeen. We have a new doctrine in Mark one twenty seven. We have a new heart in Ezekiel thirty six twenty six, eleven nineteen, and eighteen thirty one. We have a new spirit in Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. We are a new creature, as we've already quoted in Second Corinthians five and seventeen, in Galatians six and fifteen. We're a new man according to the scripture in Ephesians 2.15 and Ephesians 4.24. 4, 4, we have a new name in Revelation 2 and verse number 17. We have a new song, amen, in Revelation 5.9. We have a, we are, are inheritors and in, uh, will be an inhabitant of the new Jerusalem in Revelation 3.12 and 21.2. Uh, listen, not only do we have a new Jerusalem, we have the same likeness and the comparison. We have a new heaven and a new earth in 2 Peter 3 uh, in verse number 13 in Revelation 21 in verse 1 in Isaiah 65 in verse 17. All things are made new. Uh, listen in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 and in Revelation 21 and 5. So friends, listen, when the Bible tells us that we should walk in newness of life, it's because we are a new creature. And, and I say this, we are a new creature ontologically. Uh, what does ontological mean? That means physical or in nature. So friends, listen, this sin nature, as we discussed last week in, Revel in Romans chapter 5, we talked about, uh, listen, we are not inheritors of guilt, but we are inheritors of sin. And because we are inheritors of sin, we must have justification of our sin. So when we receive justification of our sin, when we exercise our belief, uh, listen, and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that we are made new. That's what uh, Jesus was de uh, declaring to Nicodemus in the third chapter of the book of John when he said you must be born again uh, because he was talking about an ontological change that happens at the moment and time of salvation. We can talk about, we'll talk about it in a later day. We talk about that we've received the spirit of adoption. The adoption is not yet, but we've received the spirit of these things. Uh, listen, and, and we quote this verse, verse uh, often in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 13. It says, after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, the earnest of your inheritance until the purchase of the prize possession. The reason that uh, there is a prize possession is because there is a blood-bought seed that has been sown in us. I'd encourage you to go home. Or listen, you are home. Amen. Uh, uh, listen, uh, while you're there, uh, go to 1 John chapter number 5. Uh, and the Bible talks about in 1 John 5, verse number 18. I'll read this to you. It says, We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. 
But he is begotten of God, keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Friends, listen, there is something new about us, and that's what we're trying to drive to. There is a new seed, and we've talked about that at great length, and we're not going to get tripped up and spend too much time there. But listen, the Bible tells us in verse 5, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. What a wonderful and glorious thought that is. Amen. Friends, listen, that's why the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, he said, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Because if we've been saved by the grace of God, listen, we have died to the love and practice of sin. We have died twice, or we've been we've died once and born twice, and therefore we're never going to die again. Listen, we are dead to what sin would bring to us. Friends, listen, we have died to those things because we have died in Christ. Therefore, we are dead to what sin sin would bring because we received justification through and in Christ. It says now in verse number six, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we uh, should not serve sin. In Ephesians chapter number four, the Bible reads in verse number 22, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to uh, the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Amen. I love, uh, listen, the Bible talks about when the scripture speaks about repentance, what repentance truly means is a change of mind. That's why we talk about in the book of Romans in the 12th chapter. Listen, the scripture tells us to renew our minds and not be conformed to this world. Christ, or Paul tells us this about Christ. He said that you may have the mind of Christ. So in the 23rd verse of the 4th chapter of Ephesians, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you may put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Friends, now listen, this is not what I think about it. This is what the word of God says about it. Uh, Listen, and I believe that we need to get to what the word of God says. Uh, Listen, so the scripture tells us in verse 24 that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness righteousness and true holiness. Amen. We are a new creature. Therefore, we shall receive a new tongue. We have a new language. We have a new speech. We have a new thought process. We have a new mind. All those things about us are new. Friends, listen, we should be able to exercise those things. Friends, listen, I would encourage you. Uh, listen, while we're locked away and stilled away, uh, friends, listen, l- let's study the word of God. Let's read the scripture. Let's pray fervently. Let's seek the face of God. Let's, uh, let's exercise and renew the spirit of our mind. As we preached about two Sundays ago, I believe it was now, uh, listen, we've not received the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Those are the things that God has given us and we received a sound mind because we're created in righteousness and true holiness according to the scripture. Amen. In Colossians in the third chapter, uh, in the ninth verse, verse, the scripture says, Lie not uh, one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man 
with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. You see, every time we see the contrast between taking off the old man and putting on the new man, there is a mindset change. There is a knowledge addition. There is something about us that holistically changes. And friends, listen, I'm glad that God does a work in us. Friends, listen, he saves us and he regenerates us. He makes us a new creature in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm proud of that tonight. And I know that you are. So friends, listen, as we work our way through this, the Bible tells us, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Friends, listen, this is the admonition. Uh, this is the admonishment from Paul that we should not serve sin in this capacity, that we should move on to better things. Uh, uh, listen, maybe one day we'll uh, be able to work our way through and study the book of Hebrews when the Bible talks us to about getting off the milk and getting on to the meat. The verse uh, number seven, the Bible says, for he uh, that is dead is freed, freed from sin. Amen. Listen, I'm telling you something, friends. The Bible tells us, listen, the truth shall make us free. What is truth? The truth is the word. What is the word? The word is Christ. So the Bible says, for he that is dead. So what are we dead to? We're dead to sin. We're dead to what sin would bring. Why? Because we have died in, into Christ. And therefore, as we have died into Christ, we have been therefore resurrected in Christ. And therefore, we we are dead to these things. Thank God, friends. Listen, once Christ has pronounced judgment and Christ has declared justification, I'm glad that we are free. And I want, I would to God today that churches, I, I'm hoping and I'm praying fervently. Uh, listen, whenever this quarantine is lifted, uh, listen, and I want to say this, I believe we should follow in, in accordance to our government officials. The scripture teaches about following our government officials. Uh, listen, uh, only when our government officials uh, impend and impede uh, upon our religious liberties is when we should go against them. But listen, friends, they're doing this for the health and the safety uh, of, our, uh, of, of our flock. And listen, I hope that people understand as an under-shepherd trying to serve and trying to lead people. Uh, listen, we never want to put anybody in harm's way. Friends, listen, we always want to err on the side of caution. We want to be faithful to the word of Christ. When the Bible tells us, he said, there's no greater love than a man would lay down his life for his friends. Listen, he said, do unto others as you to have them do unto you. Friends, listen, I tell you, God has given us something. There is a love, there is a kinship, and I believe we should take care of one another. Listen, but the reason I said all that was to to say this. I hope that this has stirred up our minds. I hope when this isolation period and this quarantine is lifted, and just to be honest with you, we don't know how long it really will be. We really don't know. But I'm glad, friends, today, uh, listen, I've been seeing it and I've been hearing it. I'm, I'm glad, friends, listen, that God has pushed us out of the four walls. He's pushed us into the community. Uh, he's pushed us onto social media. Uh, listen, there's more gospel being preached, more gospel being spread, testimonies, wonderful singing that's been posted on our Facebook page. The last time I looked, there was over 7,000 
views. Thank God. Amen. And listen, I'm telling you something. Hey, I, I'm not ashamed of what I am. I'm not ashamed of who I am. And I want uh, to get the gospel out into the world. But I hope when all this is over, and the Lord knows when it will be, hey, and I'll tell you something, friends, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together is, the manner of some is. Uh, but thank God that he's given us technology and advancements where we can steal. We can't be face to face, and we can't hug necks and we can't shake hands but glory to God we can share and we can feel the spirit of God but I believe whenever this thing is over and God draws us back in and we begin to commune together again I hope that God has rekindled a spirit and a fervor and a want and a desire uh, within our hearts I hope that this is the start of a great revival uh, here in our country in the uh, listen not only in our country but in the world God's doing a great work. Verse number eight, we're going to get through this. Now, uh, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Amen. Why should we, why do we believe, or if we are dead because we've been buried with him, we believe that we shall also live with him because we've been raised in his resurrection. It says, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. We're going to go now to Hebrews in the ninth chapter. There's some scripture uh, that relates to this. Uh, and as we look at this right here, the Bible says in, in verse number 24, Hebrews 9, verse 24, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. What a wonderful picture. Uh, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So friends, listen, we can, uh, we can glory in the fact that Christ has done this for us. We said this, I can't remember what chapter we covered it in. Friends, listen, Christ was more than the representative of man. Christ was the substitute of man. He took my place. He assumed my sin. He took all my sacrilege. He took all my immoralities, all my sin and he carried it hallelujah he carried it to the cross of Calvary and they nailed it to a tree on Golgotha's hill right, listen and I'm glad right, listen that he surrendered and submitted all things in the perfectness of the second person of the trinity that he was and he surrendered and submitted himself to the father right, listen and the father received those things the bible says he's appeared in the presence of God for us to make an offering and therefore, because he have done those things, we, the Bible says, we shall die no more because death has no more dominion over him. For then he died, he died unto sin once, but if he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, uh, verse 11, likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's what we just talked about. And he said, verse 12, not let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies that ye should obey it in the lust there, uh, thereof. So friends, listen. 
when we discuss this, we talk about uh, the constant pursuing of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that the third person of the Godhead lives in us after we're made new, we're saved and sealed until the day of redemption. The Bible tells us that the Spirit lives us and it, and it leads us and it guides us in all ways and truths and paths uh, for his name's sake. So friends, listen, the Bible tells us, uh, listen, uh, the, the scripture said in the book of James, he said, to him that knoweth to, good, to do good and then doeth it not, to him it is sin. So friends, listen, we, should, we know what we're doing. We, God has given us a new mind. The Bible tells us to renew our mind, to put on this new person, to press on to holiness, uh, listen, and to grow in sanctification. So the Bible says, let, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies that we should obey it in the lust thereof. So friends, listen, here we see this. I, uh, this is important to understand, friends, listen. Uh, lust is still persist in this flesh, and we've got to mortify the lust. We've got to crucify the uh, the, the the lust, lustful thoughts, uh, intentions, and actions of our heart. We've got to crucify those things because Christ wants us to press on to holiness. Now, verse thirteen is important. Uh, listen, especially for the church folks that listen. Uh, it says, "Neither yield ye yourself, uh, ye you uh, excuse me. Neither yield ye your members as." As instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Don't lend your body unto sinful acts. Period. Amen. Uh, we should we should abstain for those things. We should pray our way through these things. But the Bible says, "But yield yourselves unto God." Uh, so, friends, listen. We should yield ourselves. We should conform. We should fold ourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Listen, in verse 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. So friends, listen, we understand if we've truly been saved by the grace of God, we are no longer under sin. Dominion, uh, the dominion and the powers of darkness has no more control over us. The only control they do have over us is what we yield ourselves to those lusts. So, friends, listen, that's the importance of growing in grace and knowledge that sin becomes more sinful, that we can, we can understand, we can identify the things that are wrong in our lives, and we can bring them to our Heavenly Father, ask that he would take those things from us or give us the power to overcome. Verse 15, the Bible says, What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace. God forbid. Same question that he asked in verse number one. Uh, friends, listen, uh, just because we have grace, we shouldn't use it as a license to sin. And we've addressed this on many, many occasions. Uh, friends, listen, we'll probably do a study on it before it's all said and done. But friends, listen, I believe too many people today have taken liberties in the spirit of God. They've taken liberties uh, in their salvation. Uh, listen, and they have done just exactly the this. They've went back out. I listen into sin, but I, I'm gonna tell you something, friends. Listen, the Bible tells us we understand this. I listen. Hey, I'm gonna tell you, there's a place and point in a man's life. Listen, there is great consequence. I listen, if we know to do something and we sow ourselves back into unrighteousness, we'll discuss that uh, at a later time. But uh, the Bible tells us in verse 16, "Know you not." 
uh, that to uh, whom ye yield yourselves, servants to obey his servants ye are to whom ye obey. So what he's saying is, is whoever you yield, whoever, uh, listen, you conform yourself, whoever you give yourself over to, that's who you're going to obey. So if you want to, uh, if you want to obey God, that we, we should walk in righteousness. We should strive after holiness. Uh, but if we want to walk in unrighteousness, we yield ourselves over to lust. We, uh, we yield ourselves over uh, to the things that are desirable to our flesh that consume us, that bring ultimate misery and despair to us and to our families, to those around us, to our churches. And listen, it brings great dishonor and disservice to the cross of Calvary. The Bible says in verse 17, but, but God be thanked that you, were, uh, that you were the servants of sin, but that you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Paul's talking about the gospel that he's preached. And being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. That is, that is the desire of God for our lives. God does not want wickedness to come upon God's people. Now, is that to say, friends, listen, that Christians or saved people will never endure or encounter uh, things in this flesh? That is absolutely not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, friends, listen, all the things, all the burdens, and, and I, I preached a message a long time ago. I can't even remember when it was, but we preached a message about, you know, sometimes a lot of people, you, you hear them say, they say, well, it's hard to be a Christian. Friends, listen, it's not hard to be a Christian. It's hard to find yourself lusting after alcoholism and drug addiction and the things of this world. It's hard. Listen, when you find yourself encapsulated and you feel like the world is closing in around you because your sin is so prevalent, because your sin is controlling you, because you yielded your members to be used for unrighteousness. And when you find yourself in that place, friends, listen, you you can never uh, you can never find freedom in those places but friends listen i'm gonna tell you something I, I, there's been some hard days being a christian but it's never been hard to be free it's never been hard to be liberated it's never been hard to be justified thank god friends listen that there is a glory and he wants the best for his children and listen, I, I, listen, I want to say this. Uh, there'll, there'll be things that we'll have to go through that we don't understand. God has a purpose and he has a reason for them. Uh, we'll figure them out, in, uh, listen, uh, in the by and by. And I'm glad, friends, that we can uh, have that hope, that we can have that promise. Uh, Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 15, If I had hope in this world only, I'd be of all men most miserable. Friends, listen, we need to understand that we're pressing on uh, into a, uh, into a better place. There is no sin, no sorrow, there's no pain, there's no death. He said, the former things are passed away. Behold, I have made all things new. 
So the Bible says in verse 18, being then made free from sin, you become the servants of righteousness. And I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanliness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. So he said, friends, listen, after these so many people, they've yielded themselves unto the flesh and the infirmities of the flesh. You've yielded yourself to uncleanliness. You've, uh, listen, you have ratified the work of Adam. You have have gone after your lust and your sinful desires. He's saying, break away from those things. Follow Christ in righteousness. Follow him in holiness. Verse 20, for when you were yet servants of sin, you were free. Uh, listen, when you were the servants of sin, you were free uh, from righteousness. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Friends, listen, we need to understand that the lusts and the desires and the longings, that's what we talked about as James wrote about. He said, for, uh, listen, for him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it's, it's sin. The Bible tells, talks about when a man is enticed and when uh, that enticement therefore leads to lust and when that lust is conceived, it brings forth sin and when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Friends, listen, there, there are things uh, that will lead us down a road. Sin, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, sin will always take you farther than you were ever willing to go and it'll keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay. So friends, listen, that's what I want to tell you something. Yield yourselves to be uh, a servants of righteousness. Press on to goodness and press on to holiness. It says now in verse 22 and 23, but uh, now being made free from sin and become the servants of God, ye have your fruit and the holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. That's ultimately what uh, the report is. Amen. But I'm glad that we don't have the wages of sin because we have died in Christ. And because we have died in Christ, we have died to what sin would bring. What would sin bring? Well, the Bible tells us right here. What, what, what are the wages of sin? It's death. So listen, that's what he brings to conclusion in verse 23. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, friends, listen, he brings this thing to a conclusion. He said, listen, hey, we have died uh, to what, would sin, what sin would bring. We've been buried with Christ uh, in this legal baptism. Uh, listen, this is another judicial act that we talked about when we talk about the declaration of justification in Romans chapter number three. So we see this burying, we see this act of baptism that we're baptized legally into his death and therefore the Bible says that we are justified. This is another terminology and phraseology that we could use for the process of justification that we are dead to what would sin, sin would bring. So therefore, we've been purged, we've been forgiven, we've been justified and set free from the wages of sin. But therefore, we have been given the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What a wonderful and blessed uh, hope that he has given us. We thank God uh, for uh, each and every one of you. Timber Ridge, we love you. Those that are listening, those that are following, we love you. Uh, uh, as God would be our helper, we will be back with you Sunday morning and Sunday evening to bring the message that God would lay on our heart. Uh, we hope that you're home. We hope that you're healthy. We hope that you're safe. Uh, we pray that God's blessing and his mercy would ever be upon you. We love you from the bottom of our hearts. And we appreciate 
what God is doing in these times. God has been good. Amen. God has been good. 47 minutes and 8 seconds. I'm giving you 13 minutes back. We love you. We'll see you next time.